It is time to strengthen your faith. Deepen your understanding of the Word of God. Move from poverty to prosperity and rest in the wealthy place. Join Dr. Osara Emafai, the lead pastor of the Lakeview Foursquare Gospel Church, Lagos, Nigeria, and founder of Ed John School of Management, and alumnus of Oxford University, Cranfield University, Hertfordshire University, and University of Lagos. For an informative, educative, and impactful program, Wealthy Place. I want to welcome you to this episode. I want to thank God for your life, that uh, you are alive, I am alive for us to enjoy this episode together today. I want you to prepare your heart, just prepare your mind. If you have your friends around you, tell them to join you because I'm about to share some things that will bless them and will bless all of us. I want to specifically speak on the source of wealth because there's some confusion, you know, in the mind of people and in the mind of several you know, denominations and all kinds. Where does wealth really come from? Does it come from my struggles? Does it come from my effort? Does it come from my intelligence? Does it come from me going to a herbalist, you know, and going to do some charms? In some place, do I need to go and carry my mother to a herbalist so that I can become wealthy? You know, so it's important for us to understand, you know, what, where is the source of wealth? Because there is, there are two types of wealth. There's a godly wealth, and then you then have the counterfeit wealth. There's the godly wealth and the counterfeit wealth. And I will, I'm going to take you through this, during this session. So it is my pleasure with you again this week. As I told you, I'll be teaching on the source of wealth. You see, God's own wealth is the one that endures. It's an enduring wealth. It's an enduring wealth. You see, if you come with me to Ecclesiastes 5, 18 to 20, it said, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good. Comely for you to eat, to drink, to enjoy the good of all his labor. He taketh under the sun all the days of his life. We God giveth him for his portion. You see, enduring where it comes from God. Say throughout his life. He said, every man in verse 19. Also, whom God had given riches. Can you, can you see it here? He said, oh, every man whom God has given riches and wealth. And I give him power to eat thereof, and took his portion, and to rejoin his labor. This is the gift of God. Oh my God. I, I just saw somebody is hearing me in this. In verse 20 of that same scripture, Ecclesiastes 5, in verse 20. Say, for he shall not much remember the days, you know, uh, of his life, because God answered him in the joy of his heart. So you find that wealth. Genuine wealth, enduring wealth comes from God. And that is why that when you are seeking wealth, seek it from God. Don't go to any other place. Seek it from God. Because he gives the wealth that endures. He gives the wealth that you can pass to generations after you. He gives it. And that's the kind of wealth we are talking about. But the devil also gives wealth. Interestingly, the devil also gives wealth. You know? But you see, when the devil gives you wealth, sorrows are added. You see, that is why, for instance, when Moses, you know, went to go and see the, the Pharaoh, and he was then bringing out the rod to become snake, the devil also told this magician to bring the rod, and there was also snake. So the devil can do some of these things, counterfeit things. But what happens to their own snake? The snake of Moses ate them all. They all couldn't endure. But the one of God endures. So, so there is there's the one that comes from, and some of these that come from the devil, do you know the manifestation they actually come? Through bribery? And corruption. 
Because the devil is a spirit, so it's not really physical. So, through bribery and corruption, through stealing, pastors stealing money, you know, we are aware of some pastors now, going to EFCC now, stolen money from, from organizations. So, all this kind of wealth is from the devil. It can never endure. You see, somehow, some of this wealth, you find that a pastor can actually be enjoying a part of it, but when he dies, the, the, the next, his children cannot sustain it. When you find wealth that cannot be sustained to the fourth generation, more often than not, it's the wealth from the devil. The wealth from God, your children will enjoy, your grandchildren will enjoy, your great-grandchildren, to the third and fourth generation. There is intensity in God's wealth. There is a way domiciled in the family of God. There is a way domiciled in your family when it's a godly wealth. So I, that's what I want to just share with you so that you don't make mistakes because I remember one time a minister came to our church uh, to minister and at the end he said we should take our clothes and uh, there's somewhere to go and bury it uh, in our church and uh, you go and bury it wherever my wife was there. So as I was leaving the church, I said, what kind of minister is this? To go and bury my own shirt somewhere? So, so uh, what I saw is that there are so many native doctors who now wear the guise of pastors. So they come to a church and be doing native doctor things. And if we are not careful, we follow them. And you then get wealth, and that work will not endure. So, and that's why you need to be careful with who you are listening to. So that is why people go for, as I was talking, go for rituals, they steal money, they join court, they dwell in corruption because of unholy means. The devil provides fleeting wealth to his followers. Such uncertain riches. It's a question of time. It vanishes away. It develops wings. vanishes away. In the lifetime of the holder. If not in the life of the holder, it's going away in the life of the children. So the Bible says God's word is to be enjoyed, not for sorrow. That is why in Ecclesiastes 8.4, if you can check your Bible, you see what it says there. The Bible says, where the word of the king is, there is power. Where the word of the king is, there is power. And we need the power of God to acquire and retain wealth God has given to be held on his behalf for mankind and for his work. You see, Deuteronomy 8, this is particularly very instructive, 8, 18. What does the Bible say? It says, and you shall remember the Lord. It didn't say you should remember the devil. It says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to make wealth. So, you see, this, you know, in the days of manna, when people were moving, so manna were just falling from heaven. That, that it doesn't happen anymore. There's a season for that. The new season of how God gives wealth. It's not like manna falling. It's not like just seeing money on the road. You, you just take it and take it to your house. Say, I found money on the road. Or you find money inside a taxi and you take it. No, 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 no. That's not it. God gives wealth, you know, because of his covenant. It's a covenant issue that I give you power to make wealth so that you may then be able to fulfill the assignment I have given to you. It's a covenant issue. So God gives wealth because of his covenant to bless us and for us to be a blessing to others. So the God factor is very important in, in certain riches. It's very, very important. Here the Bible was talking specifically when he talks about power. Honestly, let me just talk to you about power. Power here means ideas. Power means here means insight. Power here means vision. Power here means dreams. That is the way God works with us at this time. Power here means the word of God. 
There's a word of God you are just reading, you are taking this, you know, those words of God concerning how to prosper. You are taking them to your spirit man and you are fattening your spirit man with the word of God. You just see that power that explodes and ideas come. And when these ideas come, you begin to see. You yourself begin to see the word. Even before there's a manifestation, you can sit in your spirit man before you see the physical manifestation. So that's the way God works in our time. And so for you to then know. So idea, imagine, wisdom. And God also plants people. Plants people. You see, don't, let us not throw away because God can plant people on your, on your way. That is why I tell everyone, be nice to everyone you see. Don't be stubborn. Just be nice. Anyone you see, be nice. Not just nice because you expect anything from them. But you never know. God might use that niceness to that person for the person to remember you. I will give you a small example. A small example. You know, there this family, you know, was close to our house and we used to go and visit them. We used to go and just try to be nice to your neighbor. We visit and we visit and we visit. And then, you know, we were... Because, as I said earlier, I'm a, a tri-vocational minister, you know, so, and, uh, you know, we, one of our businesses was actually collapsing, uh, was it doing well? In fact, our business is actually dead now. So, and then um, this woman, we always greet, and the husband, we always greet. One day, asked me, he said, don't you want to do something with our company? I said, I don't, I said, I want to, but I was on my way to church. So I went to church. So we were doing three days of uh, uh, these three days of a solemn assembly, the last three days of the year. So I switched off my phone for the three days. So the last day, I just switched off my phone. The first thing rang, it was this woman who called. He said, but I told you about this thing. I said, but I'm in the church, we are praying. He said, can you send somebody to my, to my office? So I told one of my colleagues who was in the office, I said, can I go and see her. I won't want to mention it to you because, because when I measure, tell you some of us the kind of wealth that came from there, some people, you know, Obia Whiskey once said that if he sees one million, it will collapse. Some people can collapse by hearing that. So, I'm just giving you an example of being nice to people. You know, people, God can use people to bring wealth to you. There are destiny helpers, you know, and that is why for you to trigger this thing, you just be nice, you know, wherever you go. If even you are not a nice person, try to be nice to others, you know, but try to be nice to yourself as well. That is why, you know, in Acts 1a, Jesus said, that, coach, uh, that uh, his disciples will receive power uh, when the Holy Ghost come upon them. So don't really move out and uh, seeking wealth until you receive the power. The power of ideas. The power of inspiration. The power of network. Friends. The power. So God works, to, you know, he, 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 from his power, he begins to transcend those powers and begin to flow through all these ideas, insights, friends, People of substance who God will bring your way. Let me just look this verse 38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Can you not see what is written in that scripture? You know, some people say, Give and it shall be given. They just end up. It says, Shall men. God didn't say he's the one who's going to give it to you. He said, Then shall men. So, what God is actually telling us here is this. When you then do you then honor God. You then bless God. God will raise men to come and bless you. And I've seen it in my life. In fact, a Muslim, a Muslim called me. You know, I have friends all across, different things. This Muslim called me and one day, and that must be about uh, 18 years ago. He just called me one day. He said, oh, my friend, how are you doing? I said, I'm okay. He said, I want to make you 
a multimillionaire. Most are calling me to make me a multimillionaire. I said, what does that mean? He said, yes. He said, can we meet? I had a meeting with him. And do you know exactly what he said he was going to do? God can raise even a raven. God can raise even a mule to speak on your behalf. If you just walk. So he said, give and shall be given you and uh, uh, shake it together, run your basha. Men, give unto your bosom. He didn't say, and God will give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you made, it shall be measured back to you. God uses people to bless you. So try to be nice to people. So here, it is not God who directly rewards faithfulness of sowing seed, but he uses men, he uses people, he uses all kinds of things. So power includes our social network and can connect you to financial prosperity. For instance, as I shared it with you, just a couple of things. Let me just give you another two more points. No, there was this issue that arose of our friend who is a district overseer uh, within the First Square Movement. We were calling him because we wanted to say hello to him. Over two weeks, we couldn't get him on phone. We were wondering, used to, even if he saw our call, used to call us. We didn't know he was actually going through very financial stress concerning roofing, concerning roofing of one of the things, uh, what they were going to use for worship. So when we got to know that um, he was going through that, and our own finances were really very lean, because we weren't going to go to church, it was our own personal finances. My wife and I said, look at our finances. He said, but it's lean. I said, we can give everything to this man. So we then were able to get across to the man to send us his account. And we then forwarded the money for the roofing that night, just virtually emptying our account. Do you know the following day, God so shocked us with resources. Let me give you another example. You see, God shocked our resources. He used somebody, somebody, I won't mention the name because of, you know, and you did somebody to sow. He just, we were so overwhelmed with wealth from this person. Now, a two weeks, uh, sometime after that, sometime after that, then there was another, a young man who used to be Sunday school student of my wife. He works in one of the universities. And then he called Mama, he said, Mama, he said that your grandchildren are hungry. Mama said, oh, my grandchildren are not in Nigeria. My grandchildren are in the U.S., in Canada. In the... He said, no, my own children, they are hungry. He said, what happened? He said, our investor has not been able to pay us for many months since this COVID-19. And so we are hungry. Ah. So Mama, then came with that. He said, Mama, this young man has never called us for him. Every time he calls us, he to greet us. For him to call, there must be something happening. I said, so it cannot be only him. If he said he was not paid. So, can you tell this young man he should list everybody in that university who is in that state with him? He listed all of them. All of them in the university who are in that state, he listed all of them. So, I haven't listed all of them. We then told the brother, can you give us, send the account numbers to us? So, some of them will be afraid when they say bring account numbers. That same night, we transferred money to all of them. And, do you know, one of them who is, um, I think he's a senior lecturer in the university, called up because we said they should not give our phone number to anybody, which wasn't done, you know, for any segregation. There was need there, and at a time like this, we should remember those who are less endowed. That is what you must do as a Christian. So we didn't do it for the brother, we did it for all his friends. And so the, this man called. And mama said, who gave me your number? My number. He said, he's also brother. But I told him not to, he said, mama, I forced him. He said, because when you, that money reached my account. He said, my children have been hungry. He said, I went straight to the market, bought food for the children. After I saw my children rejoicing, I then got the phone number. I said, let me call you and thank you. 
So mama said, what did mama tell the man? He said, you know what? Now we've been able to give you this quantum, but there will be people around you don't have. You also give out of it to the others. I said, when you do that, we are happy. The, that very night, somebody was only on for a year. Suddenly we find the money in our account. That night, the same thing. You see, beloved, you see, I'm a source of wealth. You see, some people would believe that wealth is to be hoarded. If God gives you, you are to be a channel of blessing. That's when God gives you this wealth. And if you do not become a channel, I can tell you, at some point, God will withhold from you. God is looking for channels and not just people who are hoarders. Now, I want to begin to, uh, to close this session. The Holy Spirit will give you ideas, oh, and ideas, and inspiration, thought process, wisdom, people through which you can assess wealth. Uh, God is always looking for carriers and vessels to which wealth is channeled and transferred to the world, to make the world better. Right? I will give, as I just have shared some examples with you already. So I'm not coming to teach you these things, you know, because you want to come and show up. I want to teach you because we have experienced it. And we have experienced it in the last one month. So while even during pandemic, people are, are, are shouting of hunger. We are, we are having more. Because God is, I said, a liberal soul shall be made part. So understanding wealth, you need to also understand how you can retain wealth. And to retain wealth, your soul needs to be liberal. If you are not liberal, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You know, in Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, God says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. They are good thoughts. Uh, thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Expected end means, when you begin to look at expected ends, what God is talking about is this. I will make you to enjoy here on earth. And you will also go to heaven. The mansion I have for you. It means everything will be well with you. That's what it means by expected end. That's God's thought for us. Then shall you call upon me. And you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search me with all your heart. So, listen, don't be half-hearted with God. Brethren, don't be half-hearted with God. If you are half-hearted, you can't really receive these blessings. Because he said it. He said you must do it with your whole heart. God does not want you, for him to just be a small part of what is in your heart. God wants to be in the totality of your heart. He said, when you do this with your whole heart, he said, nothing you ask that you not have. So wealth is a part of the package of those things God said he wants to give to his own children. He adds no sorrow to the wealth that he gives, uh, to retain the wealth totally, abide in the divine principles and the wealth retention. Uh, you know, and I told you, the first principle is just to scatter the wealth. You find it in Proverbs 11, 24. So you scatter it in ministry. You scatter it in preaching the word of God. Uh, you, you cast, you throw your bread into many waters. And that is diversify your wealth portfolio and investment. Do that. Water it with prayer, prayer, prayer. But some people pray, but they don't praise God. Because let me tell you, beloved, our general of us here, I think he was ministering one day, I was watching administration, and he was talking about that uh, when you pray, three hours of prayer, uh, three hours of praise is more than three years of prayer. Some people will be praying, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. They won't even praise God for what God has done for them. Count your blessing, let them one by one see what God has done. They will not bless, they will not even bless God. You will not thank God for what he has done. So, you know, to retain this, you need very top, big level of praise in your life, in your home. In your life. It's not always asking, be praising God. What are you by having a life of purity? 
Don't go and be doing corner corner, stealing money, doing all kinds of things. Uh, one baba, whatever, what, whatever. Money that is not given to you in church. I was in a place, and I can share that. It was in a Christian gathering, even within uh, our movement, Four Square. I was in ministers giving brown envelope to each other. I said, what is all this happening? You can't really multiply wealth through all those kinds of things. Uh, putting brown, brown envelope. The way. I thought, what is all this about? I was sitting there, and I, they didn't give me any of the brown envelopes myself. You know, they were sharing this. I was, later I found out what they said, it's a sitting allowance. What sitting allowance do you need when you are doing work of God? So when I'm not doing work of God, I need a sitting allowance to do work of God. And they are doing it in, uh, in within First Square. They are doing it within our movement. That is not, you really cannot get to the worthy place by doing all the, doing work of God and you do meeting and you must get a sitting allowance so to discuss work of God. You see? So, so this is, so people, some people don't know why they are poor and they remain poor because they are not doing this according to biblical principles. You can't be doing work of God and be sharing brown envelopes. What you must do, the work of God, you do the work of God and praise him for the opportunity. And when you then begin your time for the opportunity, he will raise men, he will raise people who will remember you. Like the Muslim man who suddenly called me and then said, I want to make you wealthy. And another one also called me one time, he said he wants to give me lunch. Well, that's the wealthiest man in Africa. I can, I can, I can measure, I won't mention his name. The wealthiest man in Africa. He called me and said, uh, Dr. Mokpa, I want to have lunch with you. And I said, why do you want to? He said, no, I want to have lunch with you. Oh my God, me and you, he said yes. But thankfully on that day, we're having the lunch, where we're having the lunch. They then invited somebody as a top person, a white man, who's from Norway, to join the three of us to sit at the meeting. And he said, I want to give you lunch because you have a solution to my problem. I said, what is your problem? I'm talking about the wealthiest man in Africa. I said, what is the problem that I have a solution to? Why you are hosting me? He told me the problem. I said, you didn't need to give me lunch to resolve this problem. I said, you have just called me. I said, I would, I said, it is a very simple problem. I want it is not to be discussed that on air, you know. And uh, and I, I then told him that I can resolve it immediately. He said, How much do I need? I told him in dollars because it was not. I was going to do something for him, you know. And I, I said, you should pay me in dollars. And I didn't really know that that time. I didn't really know he was that wealthy because some time ago now. And he gave me the dollar. It was later I found I was. So I said I would have I would have doubled that amount, you know, from this fellow. So you see, the issue of it is God can use anyone. But when you always arrive with him, he can even raise beds to come and give you food. He can raise beds, he can raise anyone. You know? And so that is why you, you need a life of holiness, a life of purity. And you need to water to retain it with a mentor. You must have a mentor. You know, thankfully, I want to thank God for the mentors God is raised in my life. But you know, the two main mentors, I have, I have, I'm not ashamed to. Okay. I'm not ashamed. To mention, you know, my two main mentors in my life today. They are Reverend and Reverend uh, Dr. Loidi and Reverend and Reverend Dr. Badejo. These are the two mentors, you know, two mentors who are mentoring me. And by the grace of God, I think I'm mentoring more people, you know, today. And it's, it's joy in my heart that while I'm being mentored, I'm also mentoring others. Who is mentoring you? Because if you don't have a mentor, you may not be able to retain the word God is giving to you. What are it by living for your friends, your church members, relatives? What are it by living for them? Don't live for yourself. I want to conclude with this. Ecclesiastes 9.15 A wise man helped to deliver a city 
But after he, by his wisdom, a city was delivered, this wise man was forgotten. Nobody remembered him. Why was he forgotten? Because he was poor. Beloved, go and read it, Ecclesiastes 9.15. I, the, when I read it at the time, I was, I was almost crying. They delivered the whole city through the wisdom of this man. But because he was poor, he was not remembered. Because those who are wealthy rule over the poor. And that is why, beloved, you must be wealthy. So that is why you must carry wealth. So that you will not be forgotten. So that when you do this work God is asking you to do, uh, you'll be remembered. This unfair world will not forget you. Uh, so uh, your circle of influence, you know, we multiply. Uh, God desires for his children, for you to live a life of significance, uh, with them manifest, and not a life of poverty. A life of significance is a life easier with people in the worthy place. So that is that whatever you then put your heart to, God will give you resources to be able to do it. You know, a life that is whole, that brings significance. So please, if you have questions, uh, test them to the numbers uh, that will be scrolled on the screen. Uh, you know, what we have been able to share today, and we will answer those questions uh, in our subsequent uh, uh, series. Uh, may God bless you, and may the Lord cause you to try. And if by chance at this time you are struggling in your finances, by reason of this, you are struggling your finances at this time. I want to just prophesy to your life that God will take you from a place of poverty to the place of wealth. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank you very much and see you again.